0: Download the new Bumble now.
1: Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin.
0: I am pleased to bring you today's guest, Samil Godsey. Sunil coaches businesses on how to implement intuitive branding in areas such as leadership, HR, sales, and marketing. Sunil did a passionate and engaging presentation on TEDx about intuition, which I'll include in this episode's show notes. And most recently, he turned around a business from a struggling company at 400 K in revenue to 3.5 million in a little more than two years. Sunil, welcome. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, thank you very much for uh, having me as a guest. Uh, awesome. great to have you here. Hey, I wanted to start out with if you would explain for us what is intuitive branding and intuitive resonance exactly yeah okay, so intuitive
1: branding is really about using the intuition of others to really buy into what you're doing and when it looks like when I look at intuition and the research behind it, uh, it's really the foundation of establishing trust. And so, and it happens in the limbic system of your brain, which means anytime there's any decision you have to make, it's instant. And what happens is what intuition looks for in trust is what there is, the questions that intuition's asking is, can I trust that person? Is the messaging actually matching what they're selling? Are they a trusted brand? Do what they sell resonate with my values? And a lot of that just gets put into exactly what you want to do with a company, whether you want to work for them uh, is that a safe place do i love the management do i resonate with their core values which should be feeling based and you know move away from just something on a wall like everybody wants to be the best have the best customer service but you you're just it's just something on a wall if that's what management does not behave in any way if you're not incentivized in that way then you're not going to believe it right and this is where intuition starts mistrusting or distrusting the company and from a customer's perspective i mean I- even today I'm not a customer, but I was a potential customer of Sonos. And a really good friend of mine, Sheetal Jaitley, uh, he's a big guy, owns a tribal scale. It's an mm-hmm. international brand. And he tweeted this morning saying that Sonos was supposed to help him you know, get some kind of uh, issue resolved with one of his products. They said it would happen the next day, and he's 30 days later. There was nothing. And he, he actually, when I, he retweeted me saying that there was supposed to be an order and there was nothing on their order books. And so like one kind of weird moment after another, not only have they kind of potentially lost him as a customer on a high-end product, but I know him. And that means that if I was going to, and I was actually fun, funny enough, looking at Sonos a while back for a number of products, I prob- there's a high likelihood I'm not going to buy their stuff. And so these are things that they can't track, right? So as a customer, they're never going to hear from me. I'm never going to buy from them. So this is where you, the intuition. My intuition is now saying, "Wow, that's not an experience I want to go through." And if you look at in things in the marketplace as well, if I hear of a brand, even if it's a commodity item like ketchup, you know, there was one Heinz uh, had come in and taken over this uh, huge uh, area called Leamington, Ontario, and fired everybody because they wanted to uh, look at the numbers. That doesn't resonate with me as a Canadian, and so I switched my brand. Right, and so yeah. again. These are things that happen at an intuitive level, and this is what happens when when companies need to nail down, what are they doing for their employees in an authentic way? What are they doing for their customers in an authentic way? What are they doing for the marketplace in an authentic way? And it's believable because everybody believes it. And that's what my intuition is looking at. And so where intuitive resonance comes in is that it's just like a skipping rope. When you're looking at a skipping rope and both the intuition, my intuition and your intuition are in sync, that's resonance. And that's just like a skipping rope. Like when, when two people are starting a skipping rope, it's kind of floppy floppy. They they have the right sort of hurts or the cycle. And then it kind of goes and it really starts from being authentic and trusting intuition at the start. And, don't forget trust intuition is a two-way street. And so that's what intuitive branding is. And so when you can do all the things from your what you can do in in hiring, in leadership, in sales, in marketing, you touch the marketplace, you touch employees, you touch customers, and then everybody becomes your brand. and okay. that's how you crush your competition. And the research shows that that trust happens in on average, 14 seconds. Wow, 14 seconds.
0: So I got a question for you to just drill down a little bit deeper on that using a case where something's gone wrong. So, Mm -hmm. you know, your friend today had a bad experience. Let's drill down a little bit. Someone that's applying intuitive branding, things are going to go wrong. Is there more credibility when something goes wrong? If that intuitive branding has been done from the beginning. So if something went wrong with your friend and there's a higher level of intuitive branding, is there more, I don't want to say leniency, but does it individual have more value in that brand. So they're willing to give a little more flexibility or is it how the company responds when something goes wrong as part of that intuitive branding? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. So the flexibility is an individual choice. And so the flexibility would be so, you know, let's say in my case, Cital's flexibility will be a week, but my flexibility may be two days. And you would expect that if you have a product like Sonos, which is a higher end product, then you're dealing with a a little bit more discernment in people buying these products. And this is not a we versus them argument, it's just that people have a tendency to to like to be a little bit more stroked, you know, with with ego when it comes to when you come to that kind of level. Uh, And so it's really the response that happens, right? And so the response of 30 days is is really egregious when you've got you know other products that are responding, Amazon's a great example, right? Uh, you know as much as there's stuff in what they do in the marketplace with their hiring practices or, or the dollar per hour and all that stuff that's going on in the marketplace. I'm telling you every single time I, I have an issue with Amazon, it is dealt with, right? It is dealt with. So there's right. such a, such a seamless it's so easy. And it's easy for me to forgive Amazon because if if I have 10 really good experiences and one is a bad experience and I have this sort of uh, intuitively, I know that they're trying or there's something that happened. I'm talking myself into staying with the brand because they've established that initial trust. And that's also what happens when you you have that trust in a brand is that you can be forgiven as long as that being forgiven is for a legitimate reason in my eyes, because I'm the customer. Now, it could be that I'm looking for a deal and, you know, that's just my time to say, oh yeah, I can stick them. And certainly there may be people like that because every customer is going to be different, but it's that response, like 30 days to me is egregious. And yes. so essentially I tweeted back saying, this is a, a person you don't want to let go. So I would hope that there's some, some kind of reparations and freebies given to him. And because that's what I would expect. And then I would expect him hopefully to tweet that. And then Sonos may be in their decision set, or maybe not. That 30 days is way too long for me, especially if I'm buying and we're all busy. You know, 30 days is, is, is that, that's just not acceptable.
0: Right. I love your example there. Amazon is a great case of where intuitively as a consumer, you know, they're going to do the right thing. So you have this comfort going into transactions with them that even if something goes wrong, they'll take care of you. And so that's just such a great, great example of it. What do you see common challenges with businesses as it relates to intuitive branding?
1: Well, I I think there's a lot of businesses that are just frankly looking at the bottom line. Uh, They're Mm -hmm. looking at laggard indicators. They're not looking and they, they think about culture as this thing that has to happen. You know, culture is when somebody really, you know, you have a number of people, each individually who love their position. They love working for you. That's what glues culture together. And oftentimes, you know, ping pong balls are put in or, you know, foosball tables as a sign for culture. It's the thing to do, you know, maybe moving from cubicles to having Big table. So there's all these things that I think they're trying, you know, because it's, it's it was written in some article, but it's it starts with how you treat people. In the end, business is about relationships and who you have around you and how you lead them. And it, it's there, there's empathy. There, they may be saying you're wrong when you're wrong, having moments of clarity where you know you are comfortable because a lot of times, you know, sometimes as a leader, you may be on 95% of the time and the 5% you blow your top off. And guess what gets remembered? right? It's yeah. the time you blow your top yeah. off. Those are the ones that, that hit the scores, saying, you know, why does my, uh, do you like your manager? And they're going to remember that one, one thing. So it's really, you know, taking care of your own mindset yeah, and making sure that you're okay. And, you know, it, then we can get into even sort of the intangible things about balance and, and, you know, stepping away from the office and can go on and on. But in the end, it's really that, that relationship that you, um, that you have. And for those companies i worked for as an employee, those companies I, I worked with as, as a, consultant. I can easily walk in and say, I want to work for these people. I instantly know when there's a client that's going to be a problem. And that's exactly what happens. And everybody can do this because everybody's intuition hits them. Mm-hmm. Everybody can walk into a place and say, I think the people are happy here. You know, So it's not this, this, you wear a cape and you have to be Superman or Superwoman to have this intuitive ability. We're all born with it. And it, it happens every single time we make 35,000, 26 to 35,000 decisions a day. And every single time your intuition is involved. So we all have that ability to do it. And people have to stop thinking like, you know, uh, PNL, they got to stop thinking about shareholders. They got to start thinking about the long-term gain. They got to th- think about, you know, the people that they want to work around. Because it, when you think about the people you want to work around, they're thinking about, I want to work around. I want to work with you. And that's intuitive resonance.
0: I love that. I love what what you're saying. Now, one thing you brought up is you said a, a lagging indicator. A lot of times people yeah. look at businesses will look at profit. Do you have some examples off the top of your head of what would be good leading indicators for a company to focus around?
1: Yeah, so there's a number of ones. Um, there's a net promoter score is a really really ah. good leading indicator. That's a popular one amongst the, the few that I've interviewed for, as I'm starting a new podcast series on intuitive branding. And there's a, there's two of them have talked about the net promoter score as using uh, that mm-hmm. as a guide initially. Uh, and essentially for those who don't know, it's really about if you're going to recommend something to somebody and, and you use it internally, you know, those are really good, good indications. Uh, if you're looking at even putting you, know, you can get a sense in, in team meetings you can easily tell by just taking a look at the faces of people uh, what are they doing in the team meeting are they engaged is there communication so there's a lot of these indications that are just that they're social indications that you can tell that you know you can tell if people are happy or if somebody's having a bad day did somebody talk about to them uh, do people want to go for lunch are people finding that that they can, uh, you know, be in a corner by themselves and they're relaxing. So these are all things you just look around and just know, it's just like knowing your family, right? I know my kids, when my kids are having a bad day, I'll instantly know when my wife is is having an issue with something, I'll. she doesn't have to open her mouth, right? She, I can just tell. And we all have that ability to do that. We're just taking that into the workplace, which is just another place. It's just another address. The, the ascent, essence of what we do is the same.
0: Yeah, I love that. That those are great examples of kind of looking ahead in terms of seeing if you're intuitively applying to your branding. That's really good stuff. Hey, so Sunil, you you have a great story about growing and scaling a business from a struggling company doing about 400k in revenue and then it went all the way up to 3.5 million in in a little over 2 years. I got to know how the heck did you do it?
1: Yeah, so I I'm so funny. I had come just to see the, the one of the co CEOs and just say hello. And I remember coming in and we met at his boardroom. And uh, he, he said, "How are you doing?" And he said, uh, "Okay, I'm doing okay." And so he's he's licking stamps and putting it on an envelope. And he goes, "You know, Sunil, I'm not okay. I'm this co CEO of this company with four hundred thousand in revenue, and we're going down pretty quick. And I'm licking my own stamps. Like, what's wrong with this picture?" And he just said, basically said, we need help. And I said, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, timing couldn't have been perfect. I said, well, here's, give me a, a shot at three months. Uh, look at my services for three months, and if it works, you like what you see, then we'll continue to go. And we looked at the compensation package. And but my my thing was very strict. And I said, you you and your your co CEO have to be hands off. Every single week, I'll let you know what I'm doing, but you have to be hands off, and you have to trust me uh, with what I do. And I had a bit of a track record already with some fortune, uh, 500 companies. So, you know, there was sort of that resume built up that they had that, that hopefully had the confidence in me. And so they said, fine. So off the dotted line. And the very, very first thing we did, they were struggling flow is that I established trust. It was trust. And I raised everybody's salary and everybody's also, first of all, they, both of them cut their jaws dropped. And they did say, Sunil, you know, we're struggling. Cash flow wise, and I said, "Yes, I know." But did you also know that all each and every single one of your employees is looking elsewhere? So, if you want to decelerate faster than you are thinking right now, you better start retaining your employees because right now they don't give two hoots about you and your problems. And so that's what we did. And then they gave them a moment to pause to say, "Who is this guy?" That kind of came in, and so they kind of had this sort of shifty eye thing, and. All I did was basically said, listen, we have, this is the, I want to expand this company. What are your thoughts? And they've never been asked their opinion. And so in am jotting notes down, uh, we've had lunches, we would regularly have them, you know, compensated for also talking and helping other people. And so if they did anything above and beyond, they were compensated for that. They were, you know, so it was just, it was just celebrated that somebody is finally paying attention to their hard work. And so all I did was establish this two-way trust that they finally had. And when it was came to expanding, these were the same people that helped us with operating manuals, with you know sometimes traveling with us to the other locations, uh, you know on their own dime, which we ended up paying them anyways. Uh, to say, hey, yeah, if you want to help out for sure, well, we'd love to. And so all the employees started to work together and that really accelerated the expansion to three and a half million uh, in revenues. Uh, by the time I had left, they were six fastest growing company in Canada uh, at one point. And uh, yeah, it just went nuts. And, you know, when I ended up stepping away from that company, because the, the co-CEO, two co-CEOs weren't really, they didn't have a lot of business experience. And one of them was not really doing things in a very, very proper way. Let's just put it that way. And when things started back up again, even though he was told several times by me that that kind of behavior needs to stop. And yeah, I don't want to get into the legal stuff because sure, there's yeah, some really yeah. illegal stuff that was going on. I said, either you stop that or I'm gone. And uh, they didn't. And mm-hmm. uh, so I basically had a chat with their lawyer and I said, look, you, you better advise these two because there are some legal implications. And six months later, they imploded. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I had left, that trust was gone and they they couldn't, that trust can easily be moved to another, onto the co-CEOs if they acted in that same manner. And what they did, they just never did. And, uh, you know, the same thing happened back again and and it was gone. You know, six months later, it was just imploded, which was such a shame because that could have been a $10 million company for sure.
0: Right, right. Do you see that a lot in your clientele where owners or CEOs often are really good at, Whatever their specialty is in their business, but generally applying intuitive branding or just generally being good in the more rounded business way, they do need help often in these areas to see the bigger picture, if you will.
1: Absolutely. I mean, many, many business owners start as an entrepreneur. They start with an idea. They may have some experience in it, but they don't really have any formal training in business. Now, I'm going to be careful what formal means because formal does not necessarily mean MBA. It just means that they haven't really managed people effectively, you know, where you are doing the right things. And this is where people like myself come in to say, okay, this is how you can shift. And you've got to make it also permanent and you've got to make it believable. You know, I've had some clients have done it on a temporary basis. Well, we just talked about one. And on a temporary basis, but then sometimes they go back to the old way of doing things and that's when people leave right because there's that initial yeah we're going to give that person a second or third chance which is what intuition always gives it's oh, intuition always gives a second chance but you know if you go back to the same old same old then people don't want to work for you and you know i had one client that that I came in, you know, just because he had a, he had a turnover problem and it wasn't, turnover wasn't the problem. He was the problem. (laughs) And so when we fixed him initially, it was great. Like people were, were it's like, I've never seen like uh, this place jovial before. I've never heard laughter from him ever. (laughs) And he was just telling stories of some of his other businesses and sharing some really funny things. And it was, it was such a pleasant place to work. And eventually, he went back to the same old thing and just being a miserable person, miserable person. And then I had left, my contract was done. And I had heard that there was a longtime employee that I had brought in that did some wonderful stuff for this guy. And she said, I had to leave because it, the stress after you left, it hit her personally and she was bringing it home. And she said, there's no way that she could do this. And another employee that came afterwards, I think it took her about an hour working for him and she left right away. And she mm-hmm. says, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, um, my kid's sick was the, uh, was the excuse. But what I heard is that she just walked out because she could, it was an hour. She only needed an hour with this guy. And that was it.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, that's an interesting story. You know, I do want to go back to the growing company. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, what did you learn from seeing a company grow so fast in such a short amount of time? That's a pretty fast pace.
1: Anything surprising that you hadn't expected or noticed from it? Uh, yeah. So the surprising thing is, is that it was easy. It was pretty easy because when you have a team doing this on your behalf, you can delegate these tasks. So you kind of accelerate everything that I wanted to do in terms of my operational plan for for, uh, expansion, because I had such engaged team members that were just doing things the right way and right, you know, not my way, but the way that you needed to, to expand and everybody helped everybody else. And it just made it so much easier because tasks got done. And they got done earlier and everybody's helping everybody else, which means I'm not involved. If I'm, and if I'm not in the business, this is such a cliche, but if I'm not sticking my head in the business, I'm looking at on the business, which is, okay, I don't have to worry about the operational part anymore because this staff have taken care of what it needs to do. Once I, I, I have an expansion uh, location identified, I can now take my, my hands off that because this team fills in the rest. I just go to the next location. And then I go to another location. I do all the demographic information I need, talk to some of the people, the, the stakeholders in that area that are going to be touched by that business. And that's that's it. And once I've identified a location, we have the rent, and we've got the contract in place, this team comes in and fills in the rest. So it, it just was so seamless. And so I'm just like, yep, here's a community, here's a community, here's a community, here's a community. And that's so how easy it got. And if there were problems I'd come in on the problems once in a while, but they would solve it internally and support each other. It was so easy. That's awesome. I'm hearing a lot of team building and
0: relationships and trust. You know, my next question revolves around that. What are common mistakes that you see companies make? As it, we've covered a little bit, but as it relates to relationships and creating that trust.
1: Yeah. So, so a lot of it is, is really, uh, I mean, empathy is always thrown out there, but you know, just being you. It's okay to share stories of you. You don't have to be this hardened, seasoned executive that has to wear suit and you know you don't get into a different alter ego. Just be you, right? Mm-hmm. And and those are the best stories. Those are the people that people are going to resonate with on an intuitive level. That's the connection you want. It's an authentic connection. And then you allow people to to do what they do best. Right. And so when you also when you hire people that love that job. Then they loved that job, yeah, and and I've one of the people I, I interviewed was uh, Christina Harbridge. She was in the collection business, and she said she hired people with that twinkle in their eye. When the, when someone was going to phone to complain and yell at them, she hired people that lit up when that <laughs> happened. She actually collected three times more, and it was so funny that it, there was there was a moment where she almost her, her business almost went south, and all the employees rallied around. They had a big event, and the people who came. With the people who she collected from, they came to celebrate her her wins at an award ceremony. So, and that's because she was being vulnerable. She was being open. She was being honest. She was treated people as she hired the right people. That's the connection you feel, and you need to feel that. And that not, it's it's not team building sheet. It's not team building exercise. You have to feel that it's it's an exercise, but people really get engaged. And you know I've been to team building stuff before. Yeah, we've gone to, you know to resorts and we've uh, you know jumped through hoops and uh, went to a, you know jungle gym and this and stuff, that. But are you really building a team or is it just an afternoon off? And there's a real distinct difference, right? So you can't don't just do things for the sake of ticking off a box. Really mean it. And I do
0: agree with you. I think companies oftentimes miss that. Unfortunately, it's more of a check on the box uh, to go through the motions of a team meeting or whatever. Very interesting. Hey, Sunil, what are some long-term goals you have for your own business?
1: So for me, it's really trying to get out as to as many people as I can, many companies as I can, one company or one person at a time. And to have those conversations, to see something even on Twitter or uh, Instagram or whatever, and respond to them and just keep going with my messaging. And when the messaging just keeps going, I'm kind of living with purpose because my purpose is just really to help. And when people sense that purpose in a genuine way, then they come they they become part of your tribe. they become attracted to you. and that's how you essentially grow a business, right? So if you look at for those watching, I mean, if you look at the paintings behind me, uh, you know that's that's my daughter's art. Uh, her purpose was to help those with disabilities and illnesses express themselves through art. She's raised over thirty thousand dollars in a year because of that's her purpose. Uh, she's fourteen. Wow. And she has a podcast series as well. And so all I'm doing is I'm taking intuition and saying, right, live with purpose, you know, have that authenticity with the people, that the messaging. And when it's genuine, people will come and they'd get drawn to you. And for her, it's supporting her through a nonprofit. For me, it's people that want to work for me that makes expansion successful. It's people that just want to watch what I do or say what I say. And that's fine. Right. And so I'm just here to spread the message. And then that way I live every single day with no regrets. And a lot of people talk about regrets 10 years, five years, 20 years later. What about the regrets today? Like why you want to live with regrets today? Right. It it makes no sense to me.
0: That's awesome. Hey, Sunil, it's been awesome chatting with you. If you had to summarize one actionable item from our conversation that business leaders and owners can apply to make their business or life better, can I pass the torch to you and can you summarize something for us?
1: Yeah, so the first thing that people need to do is instead of talking about intuition being, you know, I hear a voice or a gut feeling or things like that, really dig deep to find out what your intuition really is. Everybody's got intuitive signals. And the first thing they do is go back to the decisions, both good and bad, and think about what do they feel And that moment, because those are the intuitive signals that happen. That's the foundation for intuition. And when you have that foundation, when you treat people right, when you want to go to to a strategic direction, if you want to expand, if you want to try a new product or service or messaging, your intuitive signal will tell you if it's a positive signal, it's the right decision. If it's a negative signal, it's the wrong decision. So spend the time first to get the foundation of intuition. And then that's how you build trust. Because you can tell when someone trusts you because on your intuitive signal, And you can also tell when people don't. And that's important to know.
0: Excellent, excellent. So I'll put your contact info in the show notes at uh, thinktyler.com. But if we wanna learn more about you or contact you, where should we go?
1: Absolutely. So on the personal side, there's intuitionology.com. And so that takes you through relationships and and getting uh, helping you uh, get rid of the relationships that are wasting your time. And then sunilgodsay.com is the intuitive branding side. So if you want to learn more about the uh, leadership, HR, sales, marketing, I've got some boot camps that are coming up and a membership that's also being coming up. I'm uh, uh, doing a joint venture with someone out of the UK who was a coach of the year in 2019 and 2020. So yeah, lots of really good learning and it's just there to help people just grow the right way. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, it has been a lot of fun. Once again, thank you for your time. I uh, really enjoyed it, Sunil.
1: Thank you. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Electricast.
0: Welcome to the Candle Power Hour.